0: All right, joining us now at the onset, uh, a gentleman, a criminologist, uh, speaking of South Florida, UM alum, Darlington State University's Dr. Alex Del Carmen. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Brian? Yeah, really well, or really well. And uh, still trying to get our brain around what happened in Brooklyn earlier this week. Some additional details. So Frank James, we understand this 16-2-year-old who has a really long criminal history. That's one of the things that we have since discovered. And some of the more recent news coming out this morning, that it looks like he might have done a test run the day before on the subway for the attack that he did end up carrying out. Uh, First, from your expert perspective, give us the the rundown of of how you see this situation having played out and what might have animated him in the first place.
1: Well, you know, it's hard to say what the motive is uh, at this point, although the FBI and NYPD and just about every other federal entity is actually looking at his background, his social media presence and whatnot. But what we do know is that this was clearly premeditated, that this individual not only did a test run, but he also obviously got up that morning with the intent to hurt other people, and um, and and he actually planned it out, right? So he planned it out, he scoped out the area, <clears throat> he knew exactly where he was going to go, the time that he was going to be at, he he uh, obviously had the intent of having some sort of a deflector uh, of attention, which is that, that smoke grenade that he threw in there. Um, and then, and, and then, you know, people are are trying to fantasize whether or not he intended to kill people by shooting them, you know, uh, below their their waist versus shooting them in the center mass, as we call it in law enforcement. But I don't have much pity uh, for him. I'll be on, I'll be honest with you. I think any any time you have a gun pointed at an individual that is innocent and you pull that trigger, uh, the intent is going to be to kill that person.
0: No question. And and the the images. Show the devastation, uh, you know, re- regardless of if anything was, you know, a result in the loss of life. It just, uh, you know, devastating circumstances for all these people. It's being charged with terrorism, which is appropriate. I wanted to ask you about that because it was interesting. The initial press conference we received, the investigators were suggesting that it was not being investigated as an act of terrorism. And I suppose that is to mean that they were. The indication was lone wolf. At the same time, he was charged by federal authorities with an act of terrorism. Uh, give us an idea about that distinction.
1: Yeah, well, the importance here is that initially, when law enforcement, you know, looked at the case and they, you know, they were obviously immediately trying to connect it with Al Qaeda and ISIS and various other uh, foreign entities that have a dislike for our country. Um, you know, that's when they made that preliminary and, in my view. A uh, wrong uh, call, which was, "Hey, this is not an act of terrorism." And I think that this act reminds us all that terrorism can be not only foreign-based but also domestic-based, right? And and the the uniqueness about the definition of terrorism is that it has to have some sort of an ideological component attached to the violent act. And in this case, as as more evidence is unveiling and unraveling about this individual, is we're beginning to see that he in fact had. Uh, an ideological motive, right, that he talked about the homeless issue in New York. He also uh, was targeting, apparently, the mayor uh, of New York City. And so there were various components that now lead authorities to believe that this, in fact, may have been a, uh, an act of terror
0: uh, at, on the domestic front. Well, there's no question but that it's it had the effect on the victims and, and anybody in proximity of uh, a terror attack no
1: right, and that, and I think that most of us you know look at it from the perspective of really most violent incidents, you know whether it's uh, you know, is an a, uh, individual walking into a movie theater and shooting people at random or a mall I mean all of those incidents do carry uh, the aspect of terrorizing innocent people but but the legal definition, the definition that the FBI gives us of terrorism does include ideological motives. Uh, as a component and that's why many law enforcement entities rule it out uh, whenever they find that you know perhaps the individual was just angry at society or may have been angry at a particular person and there's really no ideological component to it but in this case we are identifying the ideological uh, component and uh, and i think it is very appropriate to charge this person with uh,
0: terrorism alex Criminal justice reform comes to mind to a certain extent. Interested to get your your perspective here. So it would appear that while his rap sheet was long, none of the offenses were felonies. Therefore, it didn't trigger kind of a next step. And for that matter, he ended up obtaining his firearm legally back in 2011. Does this case where somebody commits so many misdemeanors, um, should that trigger some additional Consideration from a legal standpoint. Uh, is there a need, perhaps, for criminal justice reform in this regard? Uh,
1: you know, Brian, it's hard to say, but I, I can tell you that we always do this whenever there is a, you know, a, a violent incident across the United States. We always sort of go back and ask the question, you know, should we legalize or, you know, simply allow for certain people not to carry guns or prohibit them from carrying them, and should we do this and that? I think it's a great question, don't get me wrong, but I do think, however that we have you gotta remember we have thousands upon thousands of people entering the criminal justice system every day in the United States. And out of those thousands of individuals, you know, a very small percentage of them will turn around and engage in a recidivist act or in a repeated act of violence or or, or property damage uh that would lead authorities to even hypothesize that this person may be a problem uh later on. And so it's hard to say, but what I can tell you however is that if mental illness is an issue here, yeah. we obviously need to re-engage that conversation about whether or not, you know, we will allow certain people to carry weapons and hurt, hurt others. But look, I would argue that if this person would have been prohibited from carrying a gun, he would have walked into a Home Depot, bought a, bought a knife, sure. uh, bought a, a, you know, a broomstick, and hurt people, you know, the same. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure... I- um, you know that we could have prevented
0: that. From Hear you and understand, and actually, kind of where I'm thinking, just in the, that construct, is you know we have the old three strikes you're out kind of kind of rule, and you know perhaps at a certain point, because you talked about recidivism, uh, I don't know if it's three, five, even misdemeanors. Suddenly, you get charged with with a felony, um, something along those lines, to where somebody who shows a real pattern of committing crimes, given an opportunity, uh, memory serves, looking this up, he was around eight or nine. Misdemeanors. I mean somewhere along the way we've we got to say enough's enough. But anyway, uh great as always. Thank you for the insight. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks again, Brian. All
0: right, that is criminologist Dr. Alex Dale Carmen, of course, a UM alum and professor at Tarlington State University. Be right back here at the Brian Mud Show, News Radio six ten WI.